Hello listeners, welcome to a new episode of the Stay Home Dad podcast. My name is Peter, I am your Stay Home Dad, and today's topic of discussion is food. Now this is the first, but certainly not the last episode about food, I think, because food is such a broad topic that I can pretty much talk about it for hours, which I will gladly do, uh, but we'll split it up in a few episodes and categories. Uh, what I want to discuss today is uh, what I feed my children, pretty much from uh, baby till now, the oldest one being five and a half, uh, how I go about uh, feeding them in general. Now in our house, I am the one responsible for the whole process around food, meaning I plan the meals, I do the groceries, I cook the meals, I serve the meals, and most of the time also clean up after the meals. Uh, so everything involving food is my responsibility. I do groceries about three times a week, and in between sometimes a few little things, uh, but I try to keep it to three times a week. I would say that food is our biggest expense uh, because I personally eat quite a lot because I'm a strength athlete. Um, I eat seven, eight, nine meals a day uh, just you know, to fuel the body to keep going in the gym. Not that I do anything professional, uh, but I just work out a lot and demand a lot from the body. So you know, a lot of food has to go in. Both boys being two and a half and five and a half require enormous amounts of food as well to grow up, to physically get bigger. Uh, brain development, everything requires so many calories that they eat pretty much all day round. And my wife, even though you might not be able to tell from the outside, is a big eater as well. Uh, so, you know, we consume a lot of food and that requires lots of groceries. When it comes to uh, serving the meals, uh, we have two main meals together. Uh, unsurprisingly, those are breakfast and dinner. Uh, breakfast is oatmeal for all of us. Uh, I eat it with some fruit, the boys eat it with some sprinkles, my wife eats it with cherries, uh, but all of us eat oatmeal in the morning, 7 o'clock sharp, uh, to get the day started with you know a proper meal, lots of nutrients in there, uh, and lots of energy for the day. The second meal together is dinner, which is at 6 o'clock sharp. I say sharp uh, explicitly because we really tend to eat at 6 exactly. Uh, my wife gets home from work around quarter to 6, and the boys go to bed at, let's say, 7.30ish, uh, so six o'clock is uh, a good time for us. It works really well uh, where we start our evening ritual, where we eat. After that, we bathe, shower, play a little bit, and sort of wind down from the day. And then it's story time and the boys are lights out at 7.30. We keep a pretty tight schedule uh, because we know from experience that when that dinner time gets pushed, uh, that means bedtime will get pushed and then you pay the price early in the morning. Uh, we don't like that. Uh, we like sort of the, the continuity and the stability of having dinner at six o'clock sharp every day. Uh, so we stick to that pretty strictly. So to summarize, we start the day with solid breakfast, oatmeal with fruit or anything. Uh, everybody eats throughout the day and we end the day at six with a proper dinner. Now I say proper dinner on purpose uh, because I cook pretty much all our meals fresh and from scratch. Now, obviously, we have the occasional uh, pizza or takeout or whatever it might be. Uh, but in the end, 95% of the meals that I serve are freshly cooked from scratch, meaning I barely use any ready-made ingredients. Like the most packaged ingredient I'll buy is probably like pasta or something because it has to come in a bag. Uh, but I cook all my meals from scratch and fresh. Now, that is certainly not some kind of huge accomplishment or anything, uh, but I personally feel that cooking food fresh and cooking real food fresh is imperative to you know providing stable and good nutrition for the whole family um, like I said obviously there is a pizza or a takeout every once in a while uh, because it's fun and easy but uh, I find it important that the food that we serve is full of nutrients and that it's real food without any garbage in it these days it's so easy to just you know pull five things out of a rack uh, stick in the microwave and off you go and I find that disgusting to begin with, 
uh, but also the you know the garbage that you put in your children is the garbage you're going to get out of it uh, it's just so bad for the development that it is not acceptable in my mind uh, not to cook your food fresh and cooking is not difficult uh, it's certainly something you can learn especially you know with all the access to recipes and things we have these days uh, whether it's youtube or an app or whatever it might be um, i feel that it's a small effort to make uh, to cook food fresh and to serve uh, you know tasteful and nutritious food for the whole family now let's take it back six years ago when Robert was born. Uh, we didn't have like a huge rethink of our of the way we ate, uh, but obviously with a baby in the house, um, you want to make sure it gets the best nutrition possible so it can grow big and strong as fast as possible. Um, we started with breastfeeding, and that's sort of after three and a half, four months, uh, we started with solid food. Now there is uh, a lot of stuff you can buy in the store, uh, but we took the same approach as we have today. Um, we like to prepare things fresh and from scratch. So we started pretty much just mashing up whatever we ate. Now the first uh, few weeks with solid food, we decided to take a little bit of a careful approach um, by feeding him one thing at a time. So we would start, for example, with potatoes for five, six days. Um, and see if he had any kind of you know, potential allergic reaction or anything. Uh, then we would do broccoli for a few days, carrots for a few days, uh, and so on. Uh, so, you know, after a couple of weeks, we had, let's say, four or five things that we knew he could eat without any issues. And then we started sort of mashing those things together. Because at that point, you know, breast milk was still his, his main source of nutrients. Um, but we were slowly phasing in the solid foods, first with one meal a day, uh, then with a breakfast meal a day and so on uh, to become his main food source now we have no um, allergies in the family i'm not allergic to anything neither is my wife uh, but we still wanted to you know as first-time parents be uh, on the safe side i guess um, and that's why we took that approach of one food at a time to see if there was any kind of reaction uh, which there wasn't we didn't expect any but you know like i said first-time parents you still want to be careful and that comes back to what I said earlier, that I like to provide fresh food for my family that I make from scratch, because uh, that way I know exactly what they're getting, I know exactly what's in the food, there's no guesswork, there's no e-numbers, uh, there's no added sugars or other hidden ingredients that you don't know about. You control the entire uh, food process from start to finish. And that's I think that's nice, especially for a newborn, uh, you know, because outside influences, uh, food in this case, will always have some kind of effect on his digestive system in this case. Uh, you know, it needs to adjust. And even if you give the most bio-friendly, eco-hippie pot of whatever mash uh, they sell in the supermarket or the farmer's market or wherever it might be, you still don't exactly know what's inside. Um, and it's it's such a small effort to make the food fresh that way for the baby uh, that I don't really understand why you would not do that. It's not extra work because you're making the food anyways. Now, I'm not saying uh, that we're so naive uh, that, you know, you have to make everything yourself from scratch all the time. Uh, you know, I, there are certainly instances where it is easy to just have a little pot from the supermarket in your diaper bag or in the car or wherever it might be, so you can just get a quick bite in on the go. Um, and, you know, that's stuff that we've probably done along the way as well, once or twice. Uh, but again, the main uh, food source, 95% of the time, it is freshly made and from scratch. So also for the baby back then, uh, that's how we did it. And that's how we repeated it as well for Jack, the second kid. Um, we make the food fresh and from scratch, and that is what he eats. Now, by um, preparing and feeding your family uh, in that way, there's a few things that happen. First of all, I already touched upon, you know exactly what is in your food. Broccoli has no ingredients. It is the ingredient. Um, potato is just a potato. That's it. Um, and whatever you buy, pre-made, 
packed or in a supermarket or wherever it might be has stuff in it that you can't control first of all you don't know exactly what it is you can't pronounce it most of the time um, and it's just it's a different kind of food that you buy that is ready-made or semi-ready-made or semi-processed um, you know how many times have you found yourself in the kitchen reaching for the high fructose corn syrup probably never or for e number five seven 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 nine uh, adding to your pasta dish it just doesn't happen so, you know, controlling your food and really knowing what's in your food, I think, is uh, an important thing of sort of owning your own environment, I suppose, uh, and owning the things you eat uh, by fully knowing what's in there. The second thing that happens is that it's just better for you. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of theories like, oh, you shouldn't eat anything over five ingredients or you shouldn't eat anything with more than three things in it. Um, you know, that might all be true. But by just eating real food, and I've said this many times to people that I've trained, uh, clients that I've had, by eating real food, uh, it's just better for your body. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have done any scientific studies about it or anything, uh, but both of the boys are big, they're healthy, they're strong. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the food that we feed them is, a, you know, a big factor in, in their physical development, their brain development, their overall development. Um, but just having food full of nutrients, healthy food, no sugars, all that kind of stuff, it's just better for kids in general. There's no way around that, I think. And the third thing that happens, uh, which is very important in the long run, I think, is that you set an example. Um, I have very fond memories of my youth, my time as a kid, of my parents in the kitchen uh, cooking food, uh, the smells associated with it, the sights. Um, and I, if I look in old photo books, for example, there's so many pictures where I'm on the countertop with one of my parents helping with cooking, even from a very young age. Um, and that's an example I aspire to set for my boys as well. We have uh, a kitchen tower in the kitchen where they can stand on and help with the cooking. And I actively involve them in the process of uh, anywhere from groceries to preparing the food to cooking the food. Um, just to set an example, like you should own your own food and you should own the process of food. Cooking is good, cooking is important, and your food is important. And that process is something you should be familiar with, and it's a process you should embrace, I think. So as a father and as the one that prepares the food at home, I really aspire to teach them about cooking, teach them about preparing food, uh, teach them about buying food, what you should buy, what you shouldn't buy. Uh, I find that really important, and I find that core values um, of, of life almost, you would say. But you need to know what you're eating, and you need to know how to prepare food. That's just... Uh, a good way of interacting with your environment and it's a good way to take good care of yourself and luckily both boys uh, they really like it I think it's um, important for them to see me as a man in the kitchen because uh, you know all the cliches around uh, the the mother in the kitchen and the mother cooking are still very true today in 2019 um, so I think it's good and healthy for them to see that you know papa takes care of the food papa cooks food papa's in the kitchen um, that uh, I think is an, is an important benchmark for them that it's normal that Papa does that as well. And I hope that later in life they will, um, you know, use that knowledge and use that example I hope I'm setting for them uh, to do that themselves as well. And besides that, it is a lot of fun uh, together in the kitchen, uh, you know, with all the mess that they make, of course, and all the mistakes they make. Uh, it is still a lot of fun to do things together. And I think it's also an important bonding exercise uh, between me and the boys because uh, we spend a lot of time together already, but, you know, cooking is such a profound thing to do together. You're creating the meal. Um, and I think they feel that as well. I think they feel that it's, you know, an important part of our day uh, to have um, dinner together or have food together. Uh, and they really embrace being part of the process um, by helping in the kitchen as well. 
I'll do a whole episode about that, I think, uh, in a different podcast about how I go about that, how I, um, you know, give them responsibilities and so on. Uh, but it is really fun uh, to have them in the kitchen. And my wife actually does the same. Uh, she likes to bake in the weekend. And uh, the boys really enjoy that process as well of creating, uh, you know, anything from a cupcake to more advanced dishes, but helping in the process, seeing how things go, seeing what ingredients are, uh, what goes into making a cake and so on. Uh, and then you see them, you know, standing in front of the oven waiting for the cake to rise. So altogether, it's a, it's a fun process, I think, and it's fun to um, involve the kids in that cooking and food creation process as well which I think, yeah, is important for their overall development and overall for their feeling and their connection with what they put in their bodies as well. Back to today, the boys are currently five and a half and two and a half. And with those ages come an incredible array of preferences, mood swings, uh, taste swings, um, growth spurts and whatever it might be that influence what they would like and not like to eat. So on Monday, they might love broccoli. On Tuesday, they're like, why didn't you buy carrots? On Wednesday, they hate broccoli. And on Thursday, they're saying, well, why don't we eat soup more often? Um, so there's no real telling on, you know, what their mood might be and what they might like or not. Now, there is a few ways uh, to deal with that. If you have infinite time and resources, I'm pretty sure you could cook separate meals for everybody every single day. Uh, but that's, you know, obviously way too complicated because uh, one day Robert might want uh, potatoes with chicken where Jack wants broccoli with beef and my wife is in the mood for uh, Mexican wraps or something. Um, so, you know, if you start um, acting upon uh, the whims of the day, so to speak, um, then you're going to spend the whole day in the kitchen and it's still not right. So I don't do that. Um, in my opinion, it is not an a la carte restaurant here. Uh, I cook what I cook and I'm happy to give them a choice at the beginning of the evening saying, listen, for today we either have broccoli with chicken and rice or we have broccoli with chicken and potato. Which one would you like? Um, but that's as far as I go. I cook what I cook and uh, I'm at the point now where uh, if they don't like what I cook, then that is fine. They don't have to eat anything. Um, but there's no other food coming uh, it's not like oh can i have a sandwich instead or oh can i have some pancakes instead or, or whatever um no that's it we eat what we eat and that is what they have to deal with now i take this approach for two reasons uh, the first obviously like i said uh, that i don't want to spend the entire day in the kitchen uh, and the second that it's not an a la carte restaurant here uh, and the boys just have to accept that what we eat is what we eat um, i'm happy to make small adjustments uh, like you know adding more pepper or salt for example um, Robert doesn't really like it when things are mixed in a sauce, for example. So if we eat spaghetti bolognese, um, I prepare uh, the food as I would prepare it, but I keep uh, a few vegetables and the sauce separate for him because he just likes the things to be separate. Now, okay, that's a small effort to make um, and it fits within the cooking process, so to speak. So that is that is fine. That's If he asks for that, then that's fine and I'll do that. But beyond those things, uh, it is what it is and we eat what we eat. Uh, and that is just what they have to deal with. If they don't like it, then that's fine. They don't, uh, I don't force them to finish their plates or anything. Um, they don't have to eat the broccoli if they don't want it, um, but it is what it is and they're not gonna get anything different. I do appreciate that I am in a position where I can do that. Uh, both boys are very healthy, big, strong, growing up hard. Uh, so if they miss one meal or if they miss part of the meal, it's not the end of the world. Um, they can even miss more meals, uh, I think, without any issues. Uh, they'll just compensate it with other meals throughout the day. Because, for example, uh, if Robert eats, let's say, only two-thirds of his food in the evening, then I can tell the next morning over breakfast that he's hungry and that he eats more. So, you know, that compensates with each other. 
Um, if you have kids that are very thin or very light or prone to getting sick, uh, all those things are connected, of course, um, then I can imagine that you're in a slightly different position where you're like, you know, where every bite counts, so to speak, uh, where you have to pay a bit more attention to make sure that you make food uh, that they will eat so just so they get enough resources in. Uh, I don't have to worry about that because the boys get more than plenty of resources in and they're both so big and strong that they don't really get sick. So that is a very happy position to be in and that's a position uh, in which I can say, you know, this is the food and this is what you have to do with today. Overall though, I have to say that it rarely happens uh, that the boys absolutely flat out refuse to eat something because, um, you know, no matter how you twist or turn it and no matter how much variety you try to put in your food, uh, you do end up eating a lot of the same things most of the time. Um, so, you know, one day they might feel a bit more or less like broccoli or they want some applesauce on it or whatever. Uh, but overall, you know, when I serve the food, they eat most of it most of the time. So that's good. And it sort of continues the position that we have uh, where we can, you know, we don't have to worry about how much they eat or if they're going to get enough nutrients in or anything. Because uh, we know that's fine and we can tell, uh, you know, by the development over the years uh, and to date uh, that we don't have to worry about, you know, enough food going into the system of the little boys. Now, beside the actual food you eat, there is obviously the meal as a whole. Uh, it doesn't really matter which meal it is, um, but I really make an effort to make that meal uh, a, a moment where we sort of slow down a little bit. Um, you know, dinner doesn't have to be rushed here at home, uh, so that's a good thing. We can take the time for dinner, and I like to take the time for dinner. I mean, we don't have to sit at the table for three hours every day, uh, but let's say those 20 minutes that you eat, I find those minutes important as a family because uh, you sit together and there is a lot of sort of fundamental learning going on at that point. Um, the, the breakfast table, but the dinner table, whatever table it might be, is a place where you discuss things, where people tell about their day, uh, where the kids ask a lot of questions like, oh, how does this work? Why is this the way this is? Um, and it's also a place where you uh, study fine motor skills. How does Papa hold his fork? How does Mama cut the meat? Um, so I think the the meal, the sitting at a table and having a meal together as a family is a very fundamental part of raising children. Now, this doesn't mean by any way that every meal that we have is some kind of divine uh, experience. There is more than plenty of meals that are just, you know, not working out. Where Jack is in a bad mood. Uh, Robert uh, doesn't want to put pants on and my wife is um, not happy about something that happened at work and I'm you know in an interesting mood because the lasagna uh, got overcooked uh, and things just don't happen you know so not every meal has to have some kind of deeper spiritual meaning or some kind of lifelong lesson that the kids have to learn uh, sometimes you know meals are just meals and that's all there is to it uh, but the, I think the statement still stands uh, that the meal is an important place at an important time where you come together, where you share, where you learn, uh, where you ventilate maybe even. Um, and I think overall making an effort to make that meal um, a, a solid part of your day, a foundation of the day, uh, knowing when it's happening, knowing that that's a time to slow down a bit. Uh, I think it's an important part of raising kids and also as a family to you know stay connected with each other. Um, you know, no phones, no, uh, no other people, no phone calls, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's a good point uh, to stay connected. Uh, and like I said uh, in the very beginning, we have our meals uh, at very set times. So the breakfast is really um, a meal 
where we tend to sort of go over the day. It's like, okay, what are we going to do today? Uh, first you know, school, first daycare, then we're going to go do this, then we're going to go swimming and so on uh, to sort of get ready for the day. And I find that our dinners uh, at six in, the morning, uh, six in the evening are really um, both an end point of the day, like, oh, how was school? What did you do in the daycare today? Uh, Mama did this at work, Papa did this at home. Uh, and at the same time, the dinner is also a point where we get ready for the evening ritual saying okay now dinner is finished uh you know finish your last potato then we're going to go take a bath read a story and sort of close down the day slow down uh to bedtime so uh yeah to summarize i think the meals are important both uh, as a family and you know as a learning sharing experience uh, but also as solid points in the day foundations that the kids can rely on a structure that they can rely on of starting your day at that point uh, you know, with good food, good nutrition, and good energy for the day, also knowing what's coming up. Um, the same thing goes for dinner, where it's an ending point, uh, again, with good food, good nutrition, and then also a starting point for the evening and going to bed. Uh, and I think that by having that structure, having those set times for dinner, um, and not deviating from that, uh, in combination with the quality of the food that we serve, um, and the moment that we take as a family to be together, I think that works really well for us. It's it's certainly a way of structure in our lives and in our days. And uh, combined with the good food that we serve, I think it's a it's a good foundation for the kids to grow up on. And at the same time, like I touched on before, I think it's a good example that we're setting for the kids uh, in terms of slowing down for a good meal and also making and taking good care of good food. Uh, just to feel your body and just to feel good in general. So yeah, multiple facets uh, to, you know, just a simple meal, but that's the way how, how we do it. And uh, that's also the way that works pretty well for us. Now, I want to end on a slightly more, uh, I wouldn't say philosophical note, but a slightly more interesting thought experiment maybe. Uh, and it's certainly not something that I've come up with, but that has been, you know, throughout literature here and there. Um, as much as as a family, uh, the the meal, the dinner table, whatever it might be, is a spot where you you learn, you share. Um, when you bring another family into the mix, when you share a meal together, I think that's a very profound experience um, for not only for the kids but also for us as adults. Uh, because even if you invite somebody you know that has the same background, the same culture, same age as you, every family has very different. Um, ideas, values, um, concepts in life uh, that you usually share at a dinner table when you're actually having a conversation. Um, if you bring in a family for a completely different culture, it gets even more interesting. And it's really, it's I think it's a profound human experience to share a meal together and to share thoughts, uh, culture, ideas, discuss things, maybe disagree with each other. Um, and I think if you do that with another family and there's uh, and the kids are at the table. I think that is a fundamental thing that they should learn and should experience as well because it's so interesting for them to have uh, more ideas and more visions and a broader horizon of things in general. Uh, and what play, what better place to do it at, than at the dinner table? So that's something we do often. Uh, we live in an area with a lot of expats, a lot of multiculturalism, which is super interesting. Uh, Robert goes to a very multicultural school. Jack goes to a very multicultural daycare. Uh, but when we invite families into our home uh, to the dinner table, 
or, or we go to them, of course. Uh, it is, I think, a very important experience for the kids uh, and for us as adults to learn from each other, to see other cultures and to normalize being around people that are different than we are, different color, different ideas, different religion. And I hope that way I can raise better children. I really do. Um, and I really say better children because I think there's so much um, diversity in the world that is so interesting and such a profound uh, fundamental exciting thing uh, to learn for kids so bit of a thought uh, there to end with but I hope that is something uh, other people do as well I really enjoy that and I think the kids enjoy it as well to have dinner with us as Papa and Mama but also with other families and see other uh, ideas that way uh, so I definitely encourage all my listeners to do the same and you know invite those neighbors or those parents from class over and just have a good experience together this was it for this podcast about food certainly uh, not the last one i think there's plenty to talk about food especially with my background as a personal trainer uh, but that's something for another day and another podcast uh, for now hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, please give us any feedback if you have any or any ideas or things or topics that you might want to hear we'll be uh, very interested to hear from you for now, this was it. I'll talk to you guys. Later.